Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Hi, and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. All of this week's notes and links can be found at our website, ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 89. Now, the military has been around for centuries, and in that time, they have learned one or two secrets for success. Yes, they have. So in today's show, you're going to learn seven of their best tips on how to grow your business. That's right. The army have an opinion on this matter. And we appreciate that, you know, an army soldier and a full-time entrepreneur can be two quite different entities. Uh, But you know what? There is much that we can learn from the military that is going to help us grow our e-commerce and online businesses. So don't go anywhere. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services, from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. Thanks for joining us on the e-commerce podcast. It's great that you are here. Now, whether you are just starting out or if, like me, you've been around for a wee while, uh, our goal on this show is simple, and that's to help you grow your e-commerce and digital businesses. And to do that, every week we bring you great show sponsors who are going to help you. But we also bring you amazing guests, experts in their own field with stories and insights and principles that we can use to help us start, adapt, and grow our own online businesses. So this week is no exception to the rule. That's right. With over 15 years of experience uh, in the corporate world, Stuart has a wealth of knowledge and expertise in consulting, leadership, management, and strategy. He's an innovator and a visionary feel like we need a drum roll behind that. Uh, Stuart is the founder and CEO of Waymaker.io, an intelligent business management platform that helps leaders build a better business in just 30 days. With Waymaker.io, Stuart is on a mission, a mission to help as many people as possible achieve success in their lives and businesses. Stuart loves sharing practical advice, strategic chips, uh, strategic chips, as well as strategic tips. Apparently, those two words aren't easy for me to say. <laughs> he has been, he, he loves sharing everything, basically, including his business expertise with others. His personal approach makes learning powerful lessons from his business and personal life easy and enjoyable for all listeners. So whether you're a business owner with a team of one or a thousand, Stuart's insights are definitely going to inspire you and appeal to you today. 
couple that whole thing with the fact that Stuart is just a great bloke to talk to, you are going to want to uh, grab your notebooks, grab your pens, because this is going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Stuart Lear. So, Stuart, welcome to the show. You are dialing in from, well, a dark Australia, I would imagine, right now. I mean, the time zones are completely poles apart. It's very early in the morning for me. I imagine it's fairly, it's evening time for you, right? It's, uh, it's yes, it's um, it's fish and Sauvignon Blanc time. Um, it's dark. <laughs> it's, uh, it's um, uh, that, that's that's posh fish and chips right there. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's, uh, yeah, evening time, my time. It's a pleasure to be with you. Um, uh, wonderful, Matt. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, mate, it's great to have you. I've been yeah. looking forward to this conversation because uh, if you're a regular listener to the show or a, a regular watcher of the show, you will know that um, I do pre-calls with all our guests and we have conversations about the things that we're going to talk about and, um, you know, what we're going to have, what we're going to cover in the podcast, just so I know, just so it's obvious to me because, you know, I'm not the brightest tool in the box. So uh, our pre-call was fab and I, I took lots of notes and I thought, oh, this is going to be a great show. So I've, I've been looking forward to this one. Wouldn't it be and amazing? To- Wouldn't it be amazing if our pre-call was actually better than the show and just you and I got to experience <laughs> the, ma- the magic of the pre-call and everybody's like, oh, that was pretty normal. Like, what's he talking about? And we just had this magic experience. That, anyway, Matt, sorry, I'm destroying your show. Go on. No, no, no. I think, I think it's a fair comment. I, I think it's a fair comment. And um if that turns out to be the case, then I'll just put the pre-call on the, uh, on the, page, um, on the but it's good to have an Aussie on and I'm glad we've mm. made this work, you know, the different time zones. Mm. And so, um, so yeah, thank you for being here. Thanks for making the effort, Stuart. It's, oh. uh, it is, it's a privilege. Yeah. Uh, privilege for us. My, my pleasure. We're, we're just coming out of our, uh, our COVID uh, times and it's just, it's wonderful to be getting back into business and growing businesses again. Yeah, it is. It is. The whole world sort of feels like it's, well, certainly in the UK, it feels like we're coming out of something, despite the alarming numbers that we've had with the Omicron version. But Mm. I think Mm. we've technically gone from a pandemic to an endemic. Is that, Um, that's what they call it these days? That's good. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't actually know what the differences are, but that's what they're saying. So, so let, I mean, you know, we could wax lyrical about these kind of things all day. Um, you uh, obviously work in Australia. Like in our pre-call, one of the things that um, you mentioned to me was you uh, you actually lived in the UK for a little while. Um, yes. Uh, and you, you're, you're back in Oz. So what are you doing over in the land of Oz right now? Well, um, to that reference of living in the UK feels like a lifetime ago. It was, um, in fact, it was, um, it was last a century. So um, <laughs> let me just fess up on my age. Um, so so thank, thanks for bringing that up, Matt. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, the 1800s, back when uh, Queen Victoria was on the throne. Um, no, I, I did the classic, um, you know, there's something about every young Australian that feels this call to the motherland. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's an internal angst to go and create anarchy on the streets for sending the convicts out to Australia or something, but you know, that we, we pack a backpack, we hop on a plane yeah, with yeah, yeah. 200 bucks in our pocket and um, land in London and uh, you know, try and change the world or at least um, drink London dry. I don't, I don't know either one of those two options. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I did that. Um, sometimes both. Yeah. yeah, sometimes both. Uh, so look, I did that towards 
very end of last century that I won't say any more details and had a wonderful time, university of life, traveling, backpacking, mm. working in some cool places in, in um, London, Oxford, Shropshire, Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury, I think uh, is how you pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that these. I'm a local. Um, yeah, well done. And, uh, you know, I just, England, United Kingdom, it's just a very special place. And um, mm. uh, so now being where we are now for about 20 years, um obviously traveled back and forth around the world at different times, but um, where we are now, we live in a place um, called the Gold Coast, just south of Brisbane, yeah. which is kind of like, kind of like, Cal- yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's um, 42 kilometers of golden beaches. Um, we all look like Chris Hemsworth and, um, <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> I need to go. You just step off the plane and that's it. You yeah, that's right. turn into Chris Co- Correct. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's worth, the, it's worth that. I'm not going to stand up, but you can right see it. that I clearly don't. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of the, the temperature of California and the culture of Florida, if, if you want to put it like mm. that. So it's almost one of those perfect places to live, to build a digital business. Um, mm. You know, go to the beach, enjoy the great outdoors. And, and we're just blessed to be here. And whilst I moved there, um, moved here um, 20 odd years ago, uh, and and throughout my corporate life, you often pulled to the big cities. Um, mm-hmm. In England, it would be London. In Australia, it's Sydney or Melbourne. And always just resisted that urge. God, you know, there's always must be a better way i don't want to end up in a in a two-bedroom townhouse that costs a couple of million dollars and still got to travel two hours to work every day you know that that um that's soul destroying and Mm. and i think um many of us had those kinds of ideas and dreams and um by the time i was jumping out and starting my own business um 10 12 years ago leaving corporate life uh the, the world was starting to turn and digital was moving and you, you kind of could start in these um, smaller, more regional locations, and now today everyone's leaving the big cities and and mm-hmm. um, yeah. and 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 out here. So you know we feel very blessed that hey, um, trend setting ten years ago um, mm-hmm. to do that. Mm. No, that's great. And of course, everyone moving in, property prices are just going to go up. Well, yes, um, uh, yes, yes. Having just recently purchased property in in the latest Zoom boom. Um, I, uh, I'm quite happy in the pinch now. Yeah. I'm quite happy. That's the reason you're on the podcast, right? (laughs) You've got to to get out there. Correct. 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 Um, correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) So you've been uh, living in the gold coast, um, for, you know, in this idyllic location and you've set up this business Waymaker, Mm. um, and you go around and you, you, in effect, um, you help other people grow their businesses. Um, Mm. how long have you been doing that i mean i guess what start what kick-started that process for you how did you get into that so um the platform's called waymaker it's an intelligent business uh, management um, platform and the primary purpose of the platform is to help an organization have great clarity on where they are in in their growth journey identify through um, some really smart algorithms and analytics the skills and systems they need to improve and then translate that into strategic planning goals and cascade those goals down to users. We, we want to build a platform that is a single source of truth for your strategic actions. Uh, mm. We believe that's actually missing in most organizations. Um, the reason why we built it is we were a con- consulting company for 10 odd years 
and we were working with many organisations. And a um, number of threads emerged through that, but one of the most important was organisations would, would come to us and we worked in strategy and brand, when I say brand, um, less design, more strategic thinking, um, sales and marketing and, and MarTech and sales tech and organisations would come to us and say, oh, we, we, we need a new CRM or we need a new website or we need a something. And it was great. Sometimes you just go and do it. But actually often um, what, what they were saying was this function in our business is broken. Um, we've heard about the latest Band-Aid. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go get a Band-Aid. And, and so we learned that um, what people were asking for was perhaps not always the root cause of the problem. Then if we could identify the root cause of the problem, we could solve the problem or help them solve the problem and accelerate their growth. And, mm-hmm. and so not, not unusual, most, most coaches, consultants um, experience that problem. But we, we decided to build some diagnostic tools and software to do that. And, um, and, and at the same time that we were playing around with that diagnostic tool, we came across a really interesting story from actually your part of the world. The, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From, military to story. Yeah, from, from the British military. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think this probably encapsulates sort of um, why Waymaker and how we kind of got here. The, when the British military were moving um, from the 20th century to the 21st century from a Cold War environment to a hot war environment, the challenge was that they, in, in the 20th century they had a, a well-known enemy, a traditional enemy, um, uh, whether that be um, enemies of state or Cold War environments, but you could Point a, point a barrel at an enemy and you knew who they were. They, they wore a uniform, yeah. they had structure, they had hierarchy, they had traditional modes of operation um, generally applied by um, Geneva Conventions. And as the, the Cold War was winding down, there was a, there was a not even a, today you'd call it a hot war, but, but, but the emergence of a different kind of war, the, the, the Middle East. Yeah. And, a, and it was a war of ideology really versus state. It was, um, and the... The strategic decision-making processes used um, for 100 plus years in a Cold War environment no longer worked in this um, hot war environment where you didn't have the traditional enemy, you didn't have traditional structures, you didn't have uniforms, you didn't have armies. You, 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 it, was, it was all agile. It was very different. And, and, and so the military really struggled to make effective decisions quickly to design battle plans and, and achieve the most valuable course of action in the battlefield. And that's a real problem if you're the, you're the empire and a world leader and you're seeing the capacity to win um, move and disappear. And the way the British military solved it is fascinating. Um, mm. You don't make complicated things more complex. You must make complicated things simpler. And uh, Such a good principle right there. I mean, you could just do a whole show on that principle. We could, couldn't we? Stop there. No more story. Let's talk about this. Yeah. That's, um, <laughs> um, uh, I can't remember what I said now. Yeah, yeah. You can't make complicated things more complex. You must make complicated things um, simple in, in order for them to, to work again. And so the British military did something really smart. They, they put over the very complicated planning instruments and processes um, seven questions, just a small number mm-hmm. of questions. And said, if you ask and answer these questions um, consistently, then you will develop the highest 
value course of action on the battlefield. And, and that's, I mean, that's a powerful statement. Can you ask just seven questions? Um, and can you consistently ask those seven questions in any type of environment, air, sea, land, intelligence, and any type of battle, and always get the most and best um, highest value course of action to take? And, and that's kind of a real key to strategic thinking. And they did. And it transformed operations in the British military, um, developed highly agile strategic decision-making, and it did a couple of things. One, it meant you had this malleable or flexible strategic decision-making process. You could ask and answer the seven questions, hunker down, taking fire behind some Humvees in the desert, so to speak, and and answer in 30 minutes, 60 minutes, you know, really get, get value in a short amount of time. Or... You could go back to HQ and drag it out for a day or two or more and develop really detailed planning. And so it's quite flexible. The second thing was that it, it involved, it was collaborative, it was involving team members. And so as you were executing in the battlefield, as you were leading in the battlefield, people around you were learning the art of leadership. This is how we lead. This is the art, the questions we ask. This is how we bring information to the table. And so you were by nature developing the next set of leaders. Very powerful. Um, and the third thing is that it was a consistent language. You could you could change teams. You could teams is the wrong word. I'm clearly not military. You could um, you could troops. Ch- troops. You could change battalions. You could move to the different company. Mm-hmm. You could you could be seconded from army into wherever, and um, and you still knew the seven questions. It was, it was mm-hmm. a language you could take. And at this point in my life, when I was reading these case studies and seeing the success of this, I'm like, that's amazing. I was coming out of corporate life. Um, where, you know, seeing things like flying around the country here in Australia, big country and having conversations around strategy and branding and positioning. And, and quite quickly, you realise that a conversation you could have in one part of the country using the same words could actually be a different conversation in another part of the country because people understood yeah. these terms differently. There wasn't, there wasn't a language, a consistent objective language around how to, how to think well together. And... So the big idea was, could we bring that language into a business boardroom? Could we, could we pull off the same stunt? And, and so we were building this diagnostic, this software tool. We were looking at what the British military had done. The British military's seven questions are amazing. They're fantastic if you want to blow something up. They're not so effective if you want to build something up. And, uh, and so we, you know, all our references to British military kind of stopped there. We were like, okay, we... Now, what would these questions look like if we wrote mm. them for business? Could you put a startup, mm. a small business, a leadership team? So really it took four, five, six, seven years of writing those questions, designing this diagnostic and getting to the point where if you consistently asked and answered um, what we call Waymaker's seven questions, uh, not the British militaries, but Waymaker's seven questions. And by the way, we tried to avoid seven questions because we didn't want to copy the military. Um, there were five and then there were six and then there were eight and, you know, but seven is is a, is a is a very um, it's almost like the perfect number they tell us, isn't it? You know, yeah, it's it's cool. It's I mean, there's so it, many good things about the number seven. If so. you're going to rest on a number, rest on seven. So you know, you know, at the end of the day, it was like, let's just go with the seven questions. Let's just tell this story yeah. a million times, and people will get it. And and kind of like um, the military, when you're asking and answering those seven questions, you've got some software in your hands, some plans in your hands, mm-hmm. so you can actually power through those questions more effectively. We thought, wouldn't it be cool if you could have some software as a business? And so, so what we've built is kind of a, um, a central source of truth on strategy. And 
um, and a methodology around that. And um, so if you ask and answer these seven questions um, consistently and regularly, do question seven, which is what are the one or two or three things that will, um, if delivered, shift the needle on the organisation. Um, design those goals, execute on those goals, come back, rinse and repeat. You're going to build um, a competency and a capability. You're going to build the skills and systems of the organisation in the order that is most valuable um, mm. for you to achieve. <clears throat> and we spent a number of years in R&D working out what our diagnostic would do, which skills, which systems, in which disciplines. And, and so now an, a business, this is a very long answer, I apologise. I, I hope our viewers are still with us, otherwise we'll have to go back <laughs> to talking about Scotch. Um, yeah, we'll just play the prequel. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Um, <laughs> so now Waymaker can do in five to 15 minutes for a business what a management consultant used to do for you know, in four weeks and tens of thousands mm -hmm. of dollars. And, and we want to give that power to small teams to go, where are we? What skills and systems have we got to build? Um, in what order? Um, who's going to own these projects and actions and outcomes? Where are they at? What have we got to do? So that ultimately every business knows what success looks like, every person's individual contribution to it, where they're at in it and what needs to be done. And if we can do that, we can build clarity. And if we can build clarity, we can build alignment, we can build alignment. Somehow, strangely, the results just happen to come so much easier. So, so that, that's Waymaker and, and that's kind of why we got there. Um, uh, clients we were working with were struggling to really identify root cause. We saw some interesting stuff happening out there in, in military land and thought that's really cool. Can we put those two things together? And boom, it created this little baby called Waymaker. And so here we are. And so here, here we, we are. All these years later. No, mm. it's great. So we've got these seven <clears throat> questions, which we are going to get into. Um, Stuart's going to take us through these seven questions and how they work for our own uh, businesses, mm. whether big or small. Uh, but before we get into them, we're just going to take a few seconds to hear from this week's show sponsors. Did you know that nutrition is one of the keys to maintaining the energy you need to drive your business forward? Vegetology creates incredible, unique supplements in an eco-friendly, ethical and sustainable way that feed your body with the precise nutrients it needs. We're not just making you healthier, we're helping to protect our planet too. Our products are vegan friendly and approved by the Vegan and Vegetarian Society. Plus, they're gluten free so they fit perfectly into any lifestyle. They also contain no artificial colours or flavours, making them good for your taste buds too. You can feel good about your food choices with our healthy, natural supplements. We have something for everyone, whether you want to boost your immune system or just get more energy every day. And we're always working on new ingredients so that we can provide even better products in the future. So what are you waiting for? Get started now by heading over to vegetology.com. there are you a business owner here at orion digital we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work as the online space gets more competitive it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve we totally get it so we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services from fulfillment marketing customer service and even coaching and consulting just so that you can do what matters most save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day -day tasks this way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? 
Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. Okay, so Stuart, seven questions. Can we go through them? Um, I mean, you've done you've done a great intro with the military. I'm sold now. I'm like, I'm in. What are the seven questions, and how do they apply for me in my business? Right. So, um, yeah, yeah, uh, good, good question. Question number one. Let's yeah. start with question number one. What would that be? Well, um, before I even get into number one, there, I'll leave you hanging right there. I'll I'll, I'll talk about the seven broad topics. Um, okay. Because uh, one of the things that you want to do, whether you're running a startup you know, grabbing a Shopify template and building an e-commerce store or designing the next new digital app or business, um, you need to be able to think clearly for what's going on inside your business and you need to be able to think clearly on what's going on outside your business, out in the marketplaces. And so the first thing to say is businesses, whether they be teams of one person or 1,000 people, they're, they're a system. They're, a, they're a, a, a group of things happening at once. Um, and our job as um, leaders from, from startup, small business to big business is to enable growth in that system and, and technically they're a system of systems um, whilst maintaining some kind of order and stability. So we talk about seven broad areas. They're the seven questions, clarity of vision, clarity and understanding of market and who your ideal customer is clarity of strategy and your positioning and your growth paths, clarity of the business model, uh, the value proposition, the key metrics and the, the practices that sustain that, clarity of the customer experience and, and the personality you bring into sales and marketing and service and clarity of the employee experience, um, uh, the core principles, the employee journey, the culture you're building and lastly, clarity of the goals that the business needs to achieve and what each individual needs to achieve. And so they're the broad seven areas and any business um, might have a number of different departments, but at the end of the day, you could put every department or function of a business in one of those seven areas. Is that making sense so far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I've got it. Yeah, yeah. And if you think about a human, this is not a bad analogy. Um, as a human grows up, um, you, you're growing, you're maturing, you're... Um, Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, I have a 13-year-old and a five-year-old and sometimes I'm not sure, you know, who knows. Um, uh, so the, as you, but as you're maturing, um, in fact, we've all become good little biologists through the pandemic. Uh, you might have heard of this term called homeostasis in the body. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, and actually homeostasis is the, is the function in the body that actually is constantly managing 17 systems Mm -hmm. and trillions of cells and that's that's a pretty good job um yeah, yeah. and what they're doing is they're keeping our systems in balance while the body is growing so you know for example um homeostasis will if if you get hot what happens to your body we well, start to sweat Yep, great. I'm, I'm so glad you said that. Um, uh, I thought this was a trick question. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it wasn't uh, a trick it's question. It's been a little while since our bodies <laughs> in the UK have got hot. Okay, um, I forgot. Is... I forgot I was talking to somebody <laughs> the in the Gold UK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you get hot, you, your body sweats and it's kind of your inbuilt air conditioning system and, and cools you down. If if you cut your finger, then um, your, your blood coagulates and it tries to reduce the, the blood flow. Um, uh, if a virus um, enters your bloodstream, then you have... 
and now I'm total, totally talking above my pay grade, but you know, T cells and antigens and white cells that go and attack. Um, and, and these are systems inside the body managed by homeostasis. But most businesses don't have a system in place to manage their systems and retain some kind of balance as the organization grows. You know, often we just call that the board meeting or the team meeting. And, and so what if you could? What if you could do that? And, and, and the reason why it's important is because some organizations are really good at some parts of what they do. We've, we've probably all come across um, you know, the amazing sales organization. They're just guns at sales. Um, and they just, you look at them, you're like, man, I wish we could be like that. But often they're guns at sales, but they've underdeveloped maybe service and operational delivery. And so they yeah. sell a lot, but actually not many come back or the product falls flat or the service falls flat. And it's a bit, a bit like a bodybuilder going to a gym and just constantly you know, working out the upper body and, and they walk down the street and then you kind of have a chuckle because you see little chicken legs and it's, um, you know, it's this sort it happens of, more than you think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so organizations, skips leg day, <laughs> that's right. Everybody skips leg day. Um, I've been skipping leg day and upper body day for too long now. <laughs> um, so it's skipping gym. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, it's COVID. It's COVID. When, when COVID goes away, I'll go back. Um, so, you know, organizations end up like that. Some of our listeners are probably going, yeah, I'm, I'm really good at my digital marketing, but I'm mm. maybe not good at my HR or, mm. I'm, you know, and, and, and if we don't, at some point, um, if we don't address that area, that will be the most valuable area to address in our business in terms of growth in skills and systems. Yeah. And it just becomes a little hand grenade sitting there until at some point it blows up. And if you let it go yeah. too long, it can it can have a catastrophic example. So um, part of the but science... That's what leadership's about, right? You, uh, you, you know, the, you, you sort of identify these seven areas. A leader or leadership is about understanding. It is this balance. It is about homeostasis. It is about making sure that we're doing well in all seven areas and being aware of those, not just the bits that we like. Correct. And, yeah. and, and, and that's that's leadership. That, right, exactly right there. Right um, there. It's, the, it's the capacity to maintain stability while exercising growth. And, mm. um, and, and so, which is really hard because as we all know, if you want to exercise growth, you've got to create stress and strain. And, and, and in order to get that stress and strain, you've got to push, you've got to pull, you've got, you've got to, and, mm. and we've got to do that while listening to what's going on inside our, inside our organization and what's going on outside our organization. And that's, that's, that's a lesson from the British military. If you're going to develop a battle plan, you got to know what's going on inside your team and inside the existing area, but you've also got to know what's going on outside the area. What's kind of, what's going to come over that hill? What, what choppers could come in that way? You know, that, what intelligence do we have around that? And so this is a long way of getting to your seven questions. Um, but it's really important to understand that, um, this big idea of as we grow, let's understand what's going on inside us, what's going on inside, inside uh, going on around us situational aware and that's what these seven questions are doing so what are these seven questions question one is um is in the area of vision and it's and it's simple what is our vision is it driven by our purpose and what roadblocks are holding us back and um and i'll say that again what is our vision is it driven by our purpose and what roadblocks are holding us back from reaching that vision by the way um if i, I shameless promo here if, if you want a copy of these seven questions jump onto waymaker.io, go to the learn tab, 
second or third option down will say Waymaker's Leadership Curve. Click on that. Mm-hmm. That's the first image. Um, you, you can yeah. grab it there and download it. Um, and, and so the art of asking that question, um, if I said this to you, Matt, Matt, um, uh, uh, for the e-commerce podcast, um, you know, what's your vision? Is that vision dri- driven by um, the business's p- uh, purpose? What are the roadblocks mm-hmm. holding you back? Okay, it's, it's a simple but big question. Um, now, what the how would you um, how would you because uh, again, this I, I can just imagine um, people going well, vision and purpose they they're very business defined terms I think. And if you're say if you're corporate, you'll have heard these terms. If you're starting out, you'd be like, well, my, I guess my vision is not to go bankrupt in the next. <laughs> Do I mean, and yeah. almost sort of be a little bit um, jovial about it or just dismissive about this idea. So, how would you? How do we define vision and purpose? How do we make them accessible, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, that, that's a really good question. So, and in fact, I'll use a couple of organizations. In fact, I'll use Facebook as an organization. We all know Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. Purpose, and this gets confused so often in business, um, where we see some organizations trying to attach another purpose to their business. But the purpose of any organization is simply to solve the problem their customers have. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So if that business solves that customer's problem, then they're achieving their purpose. If that customer's problem is solved, then something in that customer's world changes. And so we should think about purpose as the problem we solve and we should mm-hmm. think about vision as the change we create in the world for our customers when we consistently solve that problem. Okay. That's really good. I like that. Mm. So going back to your um, statement about the e-commerce podcast, Mm. I'll put you on the spot a little bit. If you, if the roles were reversed, how would you, what purpose would the e-commerce podcast have? So what problem are we solving for the listener? We're helping educate people about e-commerce we're helping people learn about e-commerce yeah um, yep. and to grow we always say we're here to help you grow your e-commerce business yeah so is would it be as simple as that exactly yeah it can be in fact um one of the biggest digital businesses in the world facebook has the simplest purpose statement and the simplest vision statement um uh i'm not, I'm not dodging your your question there but i'll use facebook maybe to answer it um yeah a much better example <laughs> no, I don't think so, actually. They're not as valuable as the e-commerce podcast. Um, uh, I hope you've got stock options. Um, Facebook, Facebook would say their purpose is simply to connect people mm. and, and to connect, to, to share the memories that you have with friends and family. Mm-hmm. Their vision is to see the world connected through Facebook. Mm. Now, let's see how simple that is. Um, mm-hmm. The reason we exist as Facebook is to simply connect people. Um, uh, our vision is to connect the world. So, mm. a, a, you know, it would have been a couple of years ago, um, Facebook announced um, their their first billion dollar login on a Monday. So a billion, a billion dollar, it probably was a billion dollar, a billion person login on a Monday. Yeah. So a billion people had all logged in on a Monday morning and, and why was that special for them? Because what was their what was their what's their reason for existence to to connect people, um, to allow them to share the memories, the photos, the videos, the, the stories with their friends and family wherever they are in the world. So, 
their vision is to connect the world. They were one seventh of their journey towards their vision. Mm. Is that making sense? Yeah, it is. Yeah. But because their problem, so what was question one? What is our vision? Is it driven by our purpose? And what are the roadblocks, roadblocks holding us back? Mm. So if, if your vision isn't driven by your purpose, then the reason of why you do what you do in your organisation has a dissonance to where you're going. Does that make sense? Which will yep. create disalignment. So every day, people in Facebook come in and go, today I'm here to connect people. Every product they make, every app they make, every app they buy is to connect people. Why? Because that's solving the problem, that, that, that connection problem. Every time they connect somebody, every time you share a, a photo on Facebook or Instagram, chat with somebody on WhatsApp, you're, you're delivering on that purpose. They're, they're delivering on their purpose. They've created that connection. And, and because that's a problem, they've created the easiest way to share and chat and post. Um, because they're, del- they're solving that problem for us, that purpose, that problem is scaling up into a vision, into a changed world. Now, you could argue, is that a better world or not? But at the end of the day, their purpose leads towards their vision. If their vision was to be the most eco-sustainable technology company in the world, then can you see the dissonance? Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and so what happens is we should think about, and we've gone totally deep into question one without talking about the others, but that's okay. We should think about purpose as something we can achieve daily and we should think about vision as something that we see in the future because of what we achieve daily. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It if, does. And I like how you've sort of started with this question because i think it's one of those things that people so often take for granted and they've not really thought about it do you know what i mean when hmm. certainly in e-commerce the easiest thing to do is to throw on a website and throw some products on there and just hope it works right yeah yeah um but what problem what you're doing here go on i was gonna say what problem is that e-commerce business solving for the customer yeah exactly and 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 if you're solving a real problem if you're you know if uh, <laughs> Friend, friend of mine, a, a, an older gentleman, a mentor of mine, he runs a little tool shop, you know, rare tools for woodworkers. Um, oh, give me his name and number. <laughs> okay. See, see, see what just happened there? Why, why were you excited? Because you're like, oh man, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, it's so hard to get those things. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so he's niched, he's found a problem with a distinct audience. And, and if you go on, if you're into woodworking and lathes and making stuff um <laughs> clearly i'm not um yeah you, you're way out of your comfort zone. i am right you can educate me in a minute. um that problem resonates because you can't just go down to walmart or sainsbury's yeah. or tesco's and buy that tool or, or bunnings here in australia you know you've got to find that is this making sense he's yeah. found a problem um and he's solved it by going out and and talking to 10 or 20 wholesalers around the world finding those products and bringing them to one place so people who love woodworking can go there and get it. And, and that's a problem. That's a really good – he hasn't just chucked products up on, on the internet and said, I hope they sell. Um, yeah. So I think that's the point I'm trying to make here. Yeah, no, it's such a good point. Such a good point. And I, I've, I've maintained for years when people come to me and say, well, why is my business not working? First and foremost – it comes down to this, what problem are you solving uh, for your customer? And not understanding that because the product you're offering is crap, right? And, uh, you know, forgive my bluntness, but nine times out of 10, it's just 
rubbish and we've not we've just thought oh it's a low price product i can make profit on it rather than i'm finding a problem i'm finding the best solution to that problem and yeah. therefore i've got a marketing story and so on and so forth so yeah. I think it's great. and i think in e-commerce particularly in retail um uh, it's it's easy to find quick wins um you know i read this wonderful story in the newspapers um digital newspapers here in australia recently over the summer break about a college student who um would go to Walmart in the US and he'd buy the like the end of the line discounts. So, you know, like an air fry for 10 bucks or um, yeah. something you know, heavily discounted. And then he would go and list it on his Amazon store at registered retail price and pick up the difference. I'm like, oh, that's actually a pretty clever idea. And he put himself yeah, through college yeah. like that. And now kind of a few years later, it's a $10 million business. Um mm-hmm. That's really impressive. Like, gosh, my hat tip. I hope we're all like him one day. Now, he solved a problem. Um, he didn't have to go and invent a product. He, he, he's still solving a problem there. But often in, in retail, we can find a quirky little product and we, we can make a quick win and we think that we're solving the problem. But sometimes we're not. We're, we've just found a, a train of trend um, that might last two weeks, three weeks or a year. Is, is that making sense? And so we yeah. feel like we're getting there, but we've got to step back and we've got to think more deeply about the business and go, okay, the products I'm selling, the solutions I'm offering, is that solving a real problem? I could talk for hours on this stuff, but it was, there's more to get into. Yeah, let's move on to question two before I ask yet more questions around question one and realise we've been talking for two hours. Uh, so mm. question number two. Question number two, we're moving into the context of market, not marketing, but market. And question two is what is our market? Who is our ideal customer? What do they value? And what perceptions do we need to build? I'll say that again. What is our market? Who is our ideal customer? What do they value? And what perceptions do we need to build? And really what we're digging in here, um, and if you've noticed um, something in the questions, they all start with what is. What is our vision? What is our market? What is our strategy? And then they take the the the, the answer e on some some deeper layers so what is our market if if we use the 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 the, the tool guy the um the unique tools that do woodworking yeah. what's his market okay it's it's um it's tools it's woodworking tools mm-hmm. home craft tools um the next part of the question uh who's our ideal customer okay now we're we're taking something broad down narrow our ideal customer is actually you know, a craftsman or craftsperson who loves making fine timber um, things at home. They're, they're not necessarily the professional, but they're the they're the pro am. They they love it. It's their hobby. Is this making sense? Yeah. Yeah. What do they that value? Is, it's me. I, I I'm not going to lie. It's me. It's the yeah. Gr- great example. So so what do yeah. you value in those tools? What do you value? Uh, oh me. Uh, uh, I want tools at work. Okay. Um, I want tools that are actually quite beautiful, uh, ironically. Yep. Um, yep. Because I, you appreciate the last. Right? Yeah. yeah. They get a high quality last. They got to look good because you actually value design and they got to work. They got to do the job. Mm-hmm. And, and so, okay, what do they value? They value those three big things. Okay. So if that's what you value. Um, then what perceptions do we need to build into our market? as as a business mm. and when now we're starting to get into the world of branding building thoughts and ideas in the mind of the market so 
that business has got to turn around and say, we need people to think of, and I can't remember his business name, but let's call it fancytools.com. Um, uh, when people think of fancy tools, they've got to think that they're high quality, they last a long time and they get the job. Oh, sorry, what was it? They, they're high quality and they look good. Well designed. Well yeah. um, they're going to last a long time and, and they get the job done. And if that's what the customer values, they've got to, they've got to take those beliefs and values and we've got to build that back into the e-commerce brand. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, it does totally. And so the question is saying, what is our market? Who is our ideal customer? What do they value? Therefore, what perceptions do we need to build? And that's the action question. We're throwing those value drivers back to us as a business and saying, now what have I got to build? What perceptions and beliefs in my business? You know, what do people value in, in e-commerce? They value fast and cheap in some areas. Mm. Okay, what does Amazon stand for? fast and cheap yeah. um, you see how Amazon has taken that value from the customer what, what do I value put it back into the beliefs of their brand and therefore people first choice oh, if I want it fast and cheap I'll go to Amazon does that make sense mm. Mm. yeah yeah totally. Um, totally no it's a great one and actually a friend of mine um, I like how you use the word perception a really good friend of mine Rich Rising who's a marketing genius he says that marketing is the management of perception that's his whole definition for marketing. Yeah, that, I, think I think that's think, great. Um, it's 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 that. So you, you I, I like that. How do we how do we create how do we manage those perceptions in the clients? How do they think about us? What do they think? Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, and that. so the questions you'd be asking yourself would be: Well, if we've got to build these perceptions, what behaviors, product features, actions, service environment, sales tactics, messages? we got to change in order to build on those beliefs. And so there's a real reaction. And so if, and so these seven questions sit over our diagnostic and every diagnostic, there's a, um, there's a corresponding uh, leadership curve or maturity curve of the skills and systems you've got to build to build the depth of clarity and alignment of market in your business, mm. depth and clarity of vision, depth and clarity of strategy. Is that, is that making sense? Yeah. No, totally. Mm. Totally, mm. mate. Um, I like your accent. Okay, uh, question number three. Oh, okay. Question number three. So question number three, we're moving into it. Did you have a little drink of water there? You, <laughs> if you're watching it, you would have seen it. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah my, it's my um, evening scotch, you know, hidden inside my... No, it's, 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 it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Um, question... <laughs> Um, are we going to go through all seven? Um, uh, have we got time for all seven? Should I fire up the speed on these? Yeah, I think if you, if let's, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's fly through the questions three through seven, and then I'll pick out one or two questions from them. And we'll, and we'll go deep dive into those. Okay, here we go. So yeah. question three, context is strategy. What is our strategy? Where is our growth focused? And how do we improve our positioning? That's question three. Mm -hmm. Question four, context is business model. What is our business model? Is it creating value? What metrics tell us this? And what practices improve our value proposition? Um, question five is customer experience. What is our customer's experience? How do we acquire, retain, and grow our customers through our personality and what improvements need to be made? Mm -hmm. Employee experience. What is our employee's experience? How do we acquire, retain, and grow our talent through our principles and values and what improvements need to be made? And so obviously that's... Uh, the employee journey, the culture, the principles. Yeah. And question seven, which is the question of action, um, if you answer all six questions, you'll have 20, 30, 40 things you could do in your business. But the worst thing you can do is try and do lots of things 
And so question seven is the question of action. It's about goals and prioritization. What one, two or three things that if delivered, i.e. delivered in your business, they're working in your business, over the next quarter or half will shift the needle on the business? What are the one, two or three things that if delivered over the next quarter or half will shift the needle on the business? Do that. And that's the art of homeostasis inside the business. Um, don't do yeah. 40 things. Don't, don't try and build muscle whilst losing weight, whilst going on a fast, while sweating, while cooling, while you get what I'm saying. It's you'll yeah. blow the business up. And yeah. um, PwC in a recent report, their state of strategy, I think it was end of 2019 or end of 2020, more than 70% of all executives say that they have too many priorities to be effective in their strategy. Um, we, we're in a pandemic of priorities right that's, now. That's quite extraordinary statistic. It, it I, is. I mean, that, yeah. That's horrendous. Yes. From yes. A, that's from a business leadership point of view. You know, you're going to look at that and go, oh my goodness. Yes. And this is why I love startups and smaller businesses. Um, I love big business because you can play with big budgets and do big things. But mm. you know what? Um, they try and do too much. Um, yeah. There's too much ego at play around the boardroom table. Um, startups and small business, and yeah, they can fall into the same habit, but but by necessity of survival, you have to focus on the one or two or thing, three things that matter and you've got to do them. Yeah. And yeah. and so it's that art of learning to go, okay, there's, there's 10 things I could do this quarter or half, but I actually just need to park eight of them. I'll still be here. I'll survive. We'll still be here. Let's do two and do them amazing, build those skills and systems, get to that next layer in that area be able to step back because we've invested and delivered and now go and work on the others. And, and that's, a, that's the art of leadership because you must say no. And that's really hard. That's such a good statement right there. The art of leadership, learning how to say no, isn't it? Because there's so many good things to do. Yes. And understanding, um, you know, what's important to do. Uh, I think is great. I mean, uh, going through the questions that you know uh, about strategy business model um mm. we talk actually a lot about business model on the e-commerce podcast um customer experience is interesting because one of the things that you said there how do we retain and grow customers through our personality mm. and i this sentence struck out stuck out to me in my i've got it in my notes this is one of the ones i underlined because i i underlined the things which i think are important let's just be real good, uh, and good. So, that's, that's a good um, practice so yeah, yeah, good practice. So I think this is important, and I think this is one thing that has been missed by so many people, right? So you, a question we often get asked is, how do I compete with Amazon? They're mm. bigger, they're better, they're faster. Mm. And the answer is, Amazon aren't you. That's right. They're, 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 they're bigger, better, faster, but they're corporate. They're undescript. You're a person. You're a personality. That's right. And people buy from people at the end of the day. And uh. so your strength, your USP yeah. is, yes, your product, yes, your, you know, your marketing, but fundamentally that has to be based around you and what you stand for your values your personality your sense of humor or lack thereof maybe yes. do you know what I mean but it's that am I right in saying that it's just something that I've been thought thinking for a few years and I, I was curious as to why you put that in there yeah you are um Matt you, you you're, you're 100 percent yeah I, I would die in a ditch with you over that in in um in the battle of thinking in strategy and leadership um 100 uh so the and here's the thing, you can compete against Amazon. Um, mm. uh, everybody has weak spots and, and everybody has them. And the bigger you are, the more weak spots there actually are. So mm. um, 
and and often we um, and there's probably listeners right now thinking about oh, I've always dreamt of starting an e-commerce store, but oh, look at Amazon or you look at you know some of these yeah. others, and you, how could I ever do that? And and the reality is, you got to go back to those first principles. Of, okay, well, what what aren't they doing well? Um, mm-hmm. uh, what could I do that they can't do? Um, mm-hmm. And lots of things, by the way. Um, and and then you got to solve the problem by doing that. You've, you've got to find your place. And you, you know, the the great what is it? The art of war. The you know, you've got to, you've got a niche. You've got to you've got to focus in on those small points. As you do that, as you build your business and your brand, you're going to build your personality. You're going to build how you sit and fit within the marketplace. And mm. um, and and uh, we would say through our model that. Um, finding a market fit, which if you haven't heard that term, it's about that moment when suddenly the business just sort of flies and customers just coming to and you've got more money in the bank than staff you can hire and it's just working. Is some kind of combination of um, purpose, um, perceptions, positioning, practices and proposition, personality and the principles of how you act. Um, they're all P's, I noticed. Yes, very cleverly. They're all, thank you for that observation. Um, and you'll notice that those six P words live inside each of those questions. Um, yeah. So that as you ask and answer those seven questions, you're... Ah, you see, now I can see it. So ah, yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah, you got, you got the little... It's c- almost like you've thought these questions through to a crazy level, uh, Stuart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's been an awful lot of scotch drunk to get to this point uh, late <laughs> at night. Um, yeah, the, every word in these seven questions has taken years. People will laugh at me for saying this, but literally they've been written and rewritten so many times because they're interconnected and and sitting behind it is this sort of weird data model in our diagnostic diagnostic that's actually interrelated to these questions. So, yeah, it's like a, a Rubik's Cube of ideas, business ideas. Personality, um, when we look at that question, what is our customer experience? How do we acquire, retain and grow our customers through our personality? What we're saying is, well, Customer experience is the process of, of acquiring a customer, retaining a customer, and growing a customer. So acquiring, getting them to first sale, retaining them, holding the loyalty and the advocacy ready for the next sale, and growing, designing and developing more products and services to grow that customer. In, does that make sense? Yeah, it is, yeah. But how you do that is through your brand's personality, through your business's personality. So um, the way Amazon does that, it, it's cutthroat. It's fast, it's cheap, it's packaged up with Prime, it's free shipping, it's, you know, they've, they've got all these competitive advantages they can build. But what if I like my, my shaving products to come in a beautiful timber box um, wrapped up in, in tissue paper with a beautiful experience? Well, that's not fast, that's not cheap. But what if I'm prepared to wait a week for that because actually I love that? Um, does that make sense? Um, yeah, it does totally. So, so when we think about our personality, we, we can't fall into the trap that we must do everything exactly the way everybody else does it. Um, mm-hmm. We've got to ask the question, how does our customer, how does our ideal customer want to experience and receive this? And, yeah. and, and, and if you've found a niche and if you've found an ideal customer that you can solve a problem for, then they will have an experience, a personality that I want wrapped around that, 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 that you can build, you can shape to the market. Is that answering your question? 
Yeah, it is totally. No, it's 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 really good. And I, I the reason I drew it out, I, I mean, you've answered it very well. It's a question we get asked a lot: How can I take one? How can I? I call people digital Davids, like taking on Goliath. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's that. And, yeah. Um, and David had five stones. I don't know if you've ever read Malcolm Gladwell's book, David versus David and Goliath. Phenomenal book. Uh, um, go on. And it and in that he, you know, the, the story of David. He has these five stones, and in effect, it's the stones which undo. It's David doing it his way, yes. in a way that doesn't is not trying to fight Goliath on Goliath's terms. He's doing it on his terms. Yes. Yes. Um, it's such an old story. It's a very powerful story. Yeah. Um, and 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 it ties. Hence, the reason I call people digital David. I, I love that, that idea. Kind of thinking you've got to have. You know? Absolutely, I love that idea. And and you know what was um, if I remember my uh, my biblical theology um, from my philosophy degrees and my learnings over the years, what was what was David's competitive advantage? He was a shepherd boy. He grew up out in the fields. Yeah. You know, he knew how to use that. What was it called a sling or whatever it was that that, yeah, that yeah, um, slingshot, slingshot um, that would swing the stones. So, <clears throat> but he couldn't. If I remember right, he couldn't pick up the sword. He couldn't wear the armor. He couldn't take no. he couldn't take Goliath on on Goliath's terms. Mm-hmm. He worked out how to how to take the giant on on his own terms, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> and so his competitive advantage that was his personality, his experience. And so we've got to look at you know uh, I, I don't know pick a business that somebody's starting, you know, producing children's products or organic vegetables delivered to your door or something. You know what's how can you do that in a way that your customers will love and experience? Yeah. It doesn't have to be the way Google says or the way Amazon says. A- absolutely not. And I, I just think where we are still in the infancy of this 21st century where digital business is exploding and there has never been a better time to start and build a business. It is, it, it, it is just wonderful. And, yeah. and, and, and we've got to look at the giants out there and we've got to stare them down and go, yep, you're big, you're wealthy, you're a bit ugly and you're a bit smelly and where you're ugly and where you're smelly, we're going to be better looking and better smelling. Mm-hmm. And so forks to you, let's go compete. And you can. Yeah. And, and you could be a mum in a garage in downtown London right now thinking about that and all credit to you, go forth and conquer. Yeah, absolutely. So well said. So well said. Um, and it's probably a good place to end there, although I feel like I could go on further and further. And I, I do want to just actually make reference to question number seven, what one or two, I know you've touched on it before mm. we got into the whole <clears throat> but it's worth circling back to that for the third time and just say, listen, leadership is about prioritizing efficient. It's about learning what to say yes to and what to say no to. Yeah, and, yeah. And, um, and, and doing that process. Stuart, listen, Honestly, it's been an absolute treat uh, to have you on the show. Um, if people want to reach out to you, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? You can hunt me down on LinkedIn and, and connect with me there and um, I'll answer messages and chat and connect with you in every way, shape or form. And um, we give everybody a 30-day free trial on waymaker.io. So, um, hey, put your business in, uh, take a short diagnostic um, in our consulting days, we sold this diagnostic for tens of thousands of dollars to clients. Dear old clients, please don't hear that. Um, but uh, <laughs> so I, I guarantee you. I'm not averse to blackmail. I just want to point that out. <laughs> um, you know, run your business through the diagnostic. It'll take you 10 to 15 minutes. Um, you'll get some insights. Uh, heck, you don't even have to go on and subscribe. But um, uh, if we can give you some value doing that, great. Um 
if you're a business coach or consultant, then um, use our tools. They're, they're built for you to help go out and, and coach and consult digital business and, and grow. Um, so waymaker.io. Waymaker.io. And I guess one question, uh, Stuart, if I can, about Waymaker. Is it, you, you've kind of alluded to it, so I think I know the answer. Will it work for the mum in the garage in London as much as it will work for the CEO in the boardroom on the yes. 20th floor? Yes, 100%. If you're the mum in the garage, um, jumping onto waymaker.io, um, uh, choose what we call the essentials license type. Um, we've taken the diagnostic that will diagnose a publicly listed organisation and find the gaps in minutes across hundreds of, of um, skills and systems and data points. And we've taken the big rocks and we've put those best big rocks on one leadership curve with the top 27 to 30 things and choose that. It's called the essentials license. So if you're the mum in the garage, choose the essentials license and it simplifies hundreds hundreds of things you can do in business down to about 30. And Mm -hmm. if you follow that and build maturity in those 25 to 30 things, then I look forward to having a drink on the back of your super yacht one day. <laughs> you in fact, invite us both because you heard it here. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and I think if you've got a super yacht, you can pay for our air flight. On <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Um, so uh, with Stuart and I will be there drinking scotch. And we'll park it ne- next to Bezos and we'll, we'll, we'll say naughty <laughs> we'll words. And that's out. right. Exactly. Take yeah. that, Goliath. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Sink, sink. <laughs> <laughs> that I think we, we're about to get like shut down. Is the internet going to get turned <laughs> off on us or something? <laughs> yeah. I'm probably going to get investigated now. By the um, <laughs> Matt, thanks so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. No, it's been great. Thanks so much for joining us, Stuart. And um, yeah, do get in touch with Stuart. We'll put a link to Stuart, uh, his LinkedIn profile and to Waymaker course in the show notes, ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 88. Stuart, thank you so much. Well, a huge thanks to my very special guest, Stuart. What did you think? What did you think to Stuart's advice? All good stuff, eh? Now, of course, you can get all of the links, the notes, and the transcript from today's show at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 89. We've totally got you covered there. They're all free. You don't even need an email to access them, but they're all there. So do jump in uh, and grab those and just go over those seven lessons again. Super, super insightful stuff. And I, you know, quite often, as entrepreneurs, especially in the world of digital, we're always looking for that silver bullet, aren't we? We're always looking for that very special secret source. And yet, quite often, it's doing the basic principles, the fundamental principles really well that bring us success. And so I really enjoyed that conversation with Stuart. It just made me think again about some of those lessons. And if, of course, that conversation with Stuart is not enough, well... In our next session, we get to talk to Kenny Gray. Now, we are going to talk about what does e-commerce marketing look like in 2022? That sounds interesting, doesn't it? What does e-commerce marketing look like in 2022? Guess what? Here's an excerpt for you. But it's always a little different. So instead of just trying to hope they stop on your feed and interrupt their entertainment scrolling, um, we're going right into their inboxes or right into their uh, text messages. So we have like mm. a direct line to them like, hey, you already signed up for this. We have something that you want. It's on sale. 
So those performed really well. But yeah, you want to be building mm. throughout the whole year. Some people might be breaking even every month, and then you're going to make all of your net profit there in Q4, just depending on what you yeah. sell and what, if you have your backend dialed in and what products you're offering. Um, so it all kind of works together. So it's not like you can focus just on one piece and, and or just rely on one channel or one product. So, uh, you know, mm -hmm. you want to kind of diversify. You want to kind of offer a variety. Yes, I am looking forward to that one. Absolutely. Now, let me tell you, next time uh, we get Kenny on, it is episode 90. Now, if you are keen eared, uh, then you will have noticed this is episode 89. The next one is episode 90. We have, in fact, this time closed out season eight. It has gone by so quick, let me tell you. Uh, so a big thanks and shout out to all the great guests that we've had on over season eight. I really enjoyed it. It's been my favorite so far. Not going to lie. Loved that season. Met some phenomenal people. And you'll be You'll be pleased, stoked to know that season nine is full of amazing people like Kenny coming up. Yes, we've got some fab guests talking about some great topics uh, on season nine of the podcast. So do make sure you like and subscribe and stay connected with us so that when we put the next episode out there, which will be in just a few short weeks, it's going to arrive automatically down on your phone, your computer, your tablet, wherever you watch, listen to and consume your podcast. It will just appear uh, there, so you can get into that. But if you're intrigued about what e-commerce marketing looks like in 2022, amongst all the other topics we've got going on, stay connected, of course. And, you know, whilst you're doing that whole subscribe thing, why not give us a rating uh, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from? And of course, share it out. Because uh, when you do, we get to connect with more folks around the world, which creates this very cool win-win scenario. The more the uh, people we connect with, the better the sponsors, the better the sponsors, the better the content because we get to create and the whole circle goes round and round. You know what I'm talking about. It's a win-win. So uh, appreciate you giving us that rating, that review and sharing out what we're doing. So as I said at the start, all of the notes, links and transcripts to today's show are online and you can get them for free at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 89. That's it from me. Thanks for listening. Uh, and like I say, uh, make sure you come back for the start of season nine as we are going to get to interview some more fab guests to help you grow your own online business. I, for one, can't wait. I'll see you in season nine. You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, tips, and tools for building your business online.